off, we're gonna tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a Cause I'm a freak, baby. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Welcome to Two Daydream Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Base Surfer 18, and tonight we're discussing Bad Reputation. My guests tonight are um, returning with us is Kay, or Black John Lennon, on Tumblr. Hello. And joining us for the first time is Miss Honeysuckle Pink. Hi, just call me Pink. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the, um, one thing I kind of wanted to start off the bat about this episode is that um, I, I think it's a very underrated and underappreciated um, uh, episode because there was this poll that was done, or uh, this somebody wrote an article uh, sometime in mid-season five when they were doing the 100 mm-hmm. that ranked this one last, uh, worst episode ever. And I, I cannot disagree more. I, I raged when I saw that because I am on the record for saying that even though I love Blaine with all my heart, Bad Reputation still stands as my favorite episode in the entire series. And you want to go ahead and talk about why, Kay? You know what? One of my favorite things about Glee, I mean, yes, I ship Clayne. Yes, I ship Sam Sadie's. And I love all of that. And I love getting interaction. But the thing about Glee, and especially in season one, that made me stick around was interaction between the, the kids. You know, anything that makes them feel like real and like teenagers. And also anything that gives the ensemble something to do. So, like, when I think about my favorite episodes, Silly Love Songs comes up in there, um, Guilty Pleasures is in there, because those are episodes where there's not just one story and we're not just focusing on one or two characters. There's an arc and kind of, like, an overreaching idea, but everyone has something to do. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's got Run, Joey, Run! Yeah! (laughs) I forget it's, it's a Scott Bed Midler. It's got Run Joey Run. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, I think you need to get your tattoo adjusted again. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's that it's sandwiched between these, uh, you know, Home and Laryngitis, which are relatively heavier episodes. Mm-hmm. And this is just, you know, there's so much, so many funny things in it. And like, uh, we'll get to the Kurt stuff in a second. But there's the Run Joey Run, which is arguably one of the best funniest musical moments that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. There's, like, uh, Will and Emma, and where she's like, you're a slut, Will, you're a slut. Um, and, and just so many little things in this whole episode that are just really funny, and, and um, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know if people are taking it too seriously, or just looking at the bad songs and rolling their eyes, but there is some really there are some really great moments in this episode. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I... You know, I'll talk about the stuff that, you know, I love about the episode, obviously, versus a bunch of other stuff. Um, But one of the things that I really loved was just, again, that camaraderie, um, that little bit of crackiness, that that glee crack that we always just love because it's just the ridiculousness of it all. And watching it in with in, you know, hindsight 2020 after seeing the entire series seen so many little little parallels and little clues of you know well it's not surprising now you know sue's hurt locker knowing you know how did sue get all that stuff how did she end up in a dream sequence and it goes back to well i you know bribed will's landlord to put baby monitors under all his furniture well you know it does not surprise me now um sorry (laughs) No, it's okay. okay. I can't. I guess like I, like I said, I was telling um, telling you before. I have a page full of absolutely random notes that are just kind of a little bit everywhere. But you know, you know, again, you know, Will finds an excuse to rap again. And he does. I kind of loved it. Yeah, actually, I am. 
<laughs> and the thing is, I say, damn it, I hate Will, but I love Matt Morrison. And when yeah. he's, that he when he's in his element dancing, it's I mean, I know the whole Will's rapping again is a joke, but he's actually is pretty good at it. And he's an incredible dancer and seeing everybody else in that scene was just and having so much fun in that scene, too. I mean, yeah, it's a bad song, though. It's there's some there's I mean, I, I think you guys are probably similar ages as I am. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a nostalgia there too because I remember when that was a pretty big song so. oh yeah was, that was a huge song and I think it only got the reputation of being bad after the fact but uh, yeah when they made that comment in um was it audition or whatever the episode is the first episode of season two I remember audition. when they said you know and Will raps too much I remember being like but but I like it <laughs> I'm I'm entertained by it why 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 are we gonna why are we stopping that? But yeah, and the thing is, it's an interesting thing to look at, like how the song, what songs are considered bad and why. Mm-hmm. Like "Physical" by Olivia Newton-John, yeah, probably be considered bad to kids at that age. But I made my mom buy me that record, and I don't even think I was in elementary school yet. But I listened to it constantly, mm-hmm. so I don't see that as a bad song. Oh, me too. I was, I'm pro- I think, a little bit older than UK because I, I was in elementary school when Physical came out. I actually had like a little bitty sweat, little sweatsuit. I think it was nine that said, let's get physical. I did a little, you know, talent show routine to it, which I, I basically was a little mini Sue Sylvester um, <laughs> when I was nine. Um, but I remember that song. I remember Ice Ice Baby. I was, that was the routine we did on my cheerleading squad. We actually you know, had a, a, God, we had a chair that went, Ice Ice Baby, Too Cold to Hold, Ice Ice Baby, The Blue and Gold, because that was our Yeah, and same thing with You Can't Touch This. That was yeah. actually the first CD I, was, I ever owned mm-hmm. for my sixth grade graduation. I was given Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. And I had the harem pants, and we did okay. the dance. And so... Guys, I'm gonna. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna pause this really quick because okay. my brother's at home, and I don't think he knows I'm doing this. Okay. Um, so I just need to tell him not to yell in the background. Okay, so no go problem. ahead and talk, and we'll we'll come back in. Okay. <laughs> sorry. No. Wait. So she's is she? Are you pausing the recording, or are we just pausing? Okay. I'm gonna record, and I'll just edit it out. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have to do this before. It's okay. No, but it is. It's like, like it's funny because it's. They talk about all these songs with bad reputations, but us as the older audience, it's like, it's like if you ever see some letters from Titan stuff, she's always saying, it's like, this is not a show written for teenagers. This is a show written for Gen Xers. You know, and I didn't even have music. that feeling until, you know what gave me that feeling? Like, if I would see her say that, and I'm not going to lie, I'd be like, oh my God, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, it was guilty pleasure because I was like, wait a minute. Those are some of like my favorite things. And I was, I t- my sister and I have this joke like, maybe it's supposed to take place in the '90s, and we just didn't realize it. <laughs> I know. Because I mean, even the Spice Girls. And I was like in my 20s by the time the Spice Girls. I was came. in high school when the Spice Girls were popular. I will never forget the first time I saw them. Yeah, I'm caught. I remember, uh, oh, what I didn't know then that I know now. I had the biggest crush on George Michael when I was in sixth grade. My mom totally told me he was gay before he came out. Yeah, I, but my I, mom spent a lot of time with her gay friends in Hollywood, mm-hmm. so she was like really she had like her gay. I was so on point. She so many people that have come out since she passed away. She called them when I was a kid, like she yeah. called them. So, but, but yeah, my like Small Wonder was like my favorite show, and I was like, with Tina, oh, okay, I'm just gonna pretend that Tina's supposed to be like my age, and it's supposed to be like 1996. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm back, guys. <laughs> um, actually, you guys are. I, Jumping back in, um, you guys were talking about the show being for for Gen Xers, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of wanted to agree. Even though I'm kind of on that borderline, I'm actually more millennial side than Gen. I don't know. As much as I I feel like I'm I'm that group that's kind of in between. I was born in 1980. I'm too young to be a Gen Xer, but I feel Mm -hmm. too old to be a millennial because I didn't grow up on the internet. Yeah. Yep. I'm 83. The, okay, I was born in 73, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> Gen X. <laughs> so. Like, I graduated from college the year of the internet. Okay. I think it, 1995 uh, is when the World Wide Web was right. a thing. So, yeah, that, the year I graduated from college, and then my university got email, like, the year after I graduated. Yeah, we got email in my high school in 97, and that was my senior year. That um, I was like, oh, 
I have to put this disc in, and if you pick up the phone, I can't use it. <laughs> I remember that. I remember those. But I was in uh, middle school, mm. and yep, it was like, don't do this, or it'll charge your parents, or whatever. And, yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's interesting because it Glee feels both new and old at the same time. Yeah, it and does. That's why I think that contributed to why the fandom has such a wide range of ages, even though sometimes it makes me feel old. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when well, there are certain things that fandom doesn't get. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, it's because you weren't born when this, you know, yeah. to understand the reference. And this is yeah. what I kind of, sorry to interrupt. No, one no of, go ahead. One of the things that I think about, and looking at the front 13 versus the back 9, is that if you really look at it, Will, Terry, that whole cohort, that's supposed to be, I think that's why there was so much focus more on the faculty and on Will in the front 13, was because think of the timing will is basically a gen xer yep. and yeah and then they put wasn't more he graduating class 93 or something yeah, like that which is interesting because matthew morrison was born in 1979 so he's playing a character significantly older than him yeah interesting yeah. which is really interesting when you think that that cory and mark are both like 82 yeah and harry. Really close. yeah and harry mm-hmm. even though harry was the oh, youngest right. of all of them mm-hmm Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the episode though. I, I do think it's um, interesting. I think all of these musical numbers are from the '80s, aren't they? Because totally for MC Hammer. Uh, okay. Yeah, and okay. Run Joy Run I said in the '70s. I don't know. The a song that I was not familiar with until this episode. I don't no, know yeah, it's rare when there's a song they do that I'm like, what is that? It kind of reminded me of the Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, though. <laughs> I think I remember that. <laughs> other Julie Brown. Yes. Oh my god. Oh boy. Oh god. Was anyone else expecting them to do to actually do the song called Bad Reputation? I think it's rare for Glee to have I, a, yeah. to have I was oh, mean, I don't song with that name. Bad Reputation. Yeah. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's too too closely tied to Freaks and Geeks, which also takes place in McKinley High. But um Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, but I, you know, Glee, usually if they do an episode and, like, home, mm-hmm. they'll sing, you know, a popular song that has that name in it. And right. so the fact that they didn't do the Bad Reputation song was really surprising to me. But if you notice, season one actually has kind of this interesting, like, they do a lot of older songs, and then like, the newest hit that just happened. They don't have a lot of that in-between stuff, and I think Bad Reputation kind of falls in that middle category. Yeah. So, that, maybe they didn't have the license to it yet, because this was still, I don't know, they got all of the Yeah, I know. They, they seem to, <laughs> but they had to, like, really kind of, I mean, they made a big deal out of getting the Madonna catalog to That's, where even Madonna had said, essentially said she granted permission. Right. And the and the Lady Gaga stuff too at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big deal. And then they dedicated yeah. season two to Katy Perry, Katy Perry and Bruno Mars, even though they were brand new. They did like every single song on their entire album. Oh yeah, they did. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, getting into the cart part of this mm-hmm. a little bit, um, the, it starts off with the the physical that the, they're showing the physical yeah. video. And let's take a, a second to think about Kurt stealing this out of Sue's. What, was it, well, it was it was a locked drawer. It was a locked file cabinet where she kept her hormone replacement injections. <laughs> and what, I just love that he's like, I'm just going to take this and see what it is, yeah. and not really. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I wonder what this could possibly be. I certainly didn't do this. <laughs> and then of course he has to go get Mercedes. I'm sure I, I can almost see this trickle effect where Mercedes came in, and he's like, you have to see this. Yeah. And then he, already came in you have to see this <laughs> yeah and then you have and then jesse comes in with finn and rachel so here's what i found very interesting i hate taking away from the kurt for a moment but you see That's finn okay. and jesse and rachel as a couple all coming in together there's no animosity there's no strife and at the beginning of this episode jesse feels very much like part of the new direction he does yeah, somewhat true. new a full episode too and then but by the end and we can talk about more when we talk more about Run Joey and oh, Rachel. Yeah. But then by the end, Jesse is so hurt that that's where you start seeing the split off that eventually ends with Funk. Um, huh. But that's yeah. kind of where it pinpoints was like Run Joey Run was kind of the beginning of the end for Rachel and Jesse part one. Yeah. 
I never thought of it that way, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and Kurt's shoes are not Cheerios regulation. Just pointing that out. I think oh, he's yeah, wearing red and black Nikes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, they are not the normal. Yeah, if you look at his shoes, in fact, I'm looking at the still now. They are not Cheerios regulation. No, it is not. He would have his head. Except for that it's Kurt, and he, yeah. he really would <laughs> as this episode goes on. But anyway, it's, 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 Can I just like, tell you how surprised I was the first time I noticed that? I was like, oh, my God, Kurt Hummel owns a pair of Nike Dunks. Yeah. That is really weird when you think about yeah. it. But in a way, it's kind of like his hippo brooch, you know? It's yeah. like he had his Dalton, even in his Dalton blazer, he found a way to accessorize. Even mm-hmm. in the Cheerios uniform, Kurt Hummel finds a way. True. He finds a way to stand <laughs> out. <laughs> so, oh, you know what? He's not, now that I think of it, he's not in his Cheerios uniform for um, for um, Ice Ice Baby. No, he's not. Or even yeah. in the planning stages of it. Yeah, interesting. And he's wearing this kind of skirt-ish thing. I can't really tell because he's wearing pants, too, but there's a... It he's looks like a kilt. kilt over pants. Kilt over pants, okay. So, That's why I was so surprised at the reaction of him, to Bert's reaction to him wearing the kilt to prom, because I was like, but he's worn one before, but maybe yeah. I'm not... Maybe it's... Different. I think it might have... In, in with the prom queen stuff might have just been, like... I'm worried about you getting bullied. Or, you know, the writers hadn't thought that far ahead. I don't know. Who knows? Well, he may have just been wearing tight pants. and It, it could have been one of those things where he had, the, he had the kilt in his car, and he put it on when he got to school. Yeah. True. I like, like when he no, awful form-fitting I mean, length sweaters. <laughs> but he doesn't matter. Or the, the corset. To, what was it? Was it Nakafellas when he's like, and he wore a corset to, or, and to lunch or whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah. As far as we never saw that, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Okay, so getting into um, probably one of my favorite scenes ever in season one is <laughs> when Kurt calls them all in for a meeting yes. because they did make the glist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is I, I just a lot of people I, I see a lot of times Kurt getting villainized for season one like he was manipula- manipulative and, and cold and whatever and I'm like yeah, did you watch Bad Reputation this is about as you know devious as he gets it's this like, is why I stand yeah. by this episode alone is why when people do the whole like Blaine is a complete spazzy dork and Kurt's so serious and like cold and I'm like did you guys forget about this episode where he thought that the most badass thing you could do was sing, be a disruption in the library? In the library, <laughs> and he's not talking about checking out a reference. Oh yet. my god, just as bad as Blaine. They're and both can I just dorks. say that as a librarian, when he said that, he's like, and I'm not talking about a reference book. I busted out laughing. I laugh every single time I watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh, and this. I, I want to bring, I, I'd like to bring up the research that I do, but first yeah, I do want to bring up something, the fact that they didn't even make the glyph. Um, yeah. I do want to, um, you know what, tell you, I'll talk about the research that I did and then when we'll talk about you can't touch this and then we'll get back to the actual glyph okay. itself. Okay. Sure, so good. just, just a little background uh, for listeners who don't already know me or what I do or haven't seen me like the Lima Heights Jason podcast or other podcasts. Um, I'm an academic librarian. I'm a faculty member, which basically means I have that whole publish or perish thing. Um, and I did get tenure. I didn't perish, um, but I still publish. <laughs> so, um, and normally I've done stuff on graphic novels and comics and librarianship, but I was looking for my next opportunity. And my boss at the time and I had this conversation about, hey, why don't we just write about our favorite TV shows? We could figure it out. Um, she, of course, hers was NCIS. Um, but about the same time, you saw all these library flash raves that were happening. You'd go onto YouTube and like University of North Carolina and University of Virginia and a bunch of other schools started doing flash raves like during finals week. Like people would show up at the library and blast music for 10 minutes and then leave and go back to studying. And this was just one of many different flash bombs that were out there. So my school actually did one at the end of 2009 uh, during their finals week. So I thought about the you can't touch this scene. I thought about this scene in Bad Reputation. So I wrote up a proposal. I sent it to the Popular Cultural Association for their annual conference, and it got accepted. 
So I was like, crap, now I have to write a paper. So <laughs> I, I write the paper. The paper opens with this scene that Kurt proposes, quote unquote, getting your Gleon in the stacks. Um, that paper eventually led me to a community of fellow scholars on Tumblr. We kind of call, our, call ourselves Glee in Academia. Um, four of us got together to do a panel at another popular culture scholarly conference. The paper I presented there focused way less on libraries, much more on Glee and flash raids in general and flash mobs. Um, Anyway, long story short, that paper is now an article that is going to be published in September in the Journal of Popular Film and Television. And it all comes from this scene, this very scene and the aftermath of that scene. So That is so cool. Yeah. Congratulations. It, I mean, it, thank you. But um, it, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's really awesome. And, and I love that, like, you can take your, you know, your favorite things like Glee and really put some serious academic research into it and, and have some relevance. And I really love that. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for it to come out. It's like, I'm going to be waiting. Oh gosh, it's going to be several months, but you know, I can't wait. We to have to let us all know when it comes out so we can all check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be the September issue. Uh, it's a it's a quarterly. Most scholarly um, journals are quarterly. Um, this isn't even going to be like this. Will probably be harder to get than no tofu, which, as we know, was impossible. Um, <laughs> so, will it be found in your local? Because um, I know a lot of those magazines are are usually found in um, university libraries. Yeah, usually have a copy. So, what you can do, uh, what I would recommend, when September rolls around. If you subscribe, if you are, have access to a university library, uh, particularly one that uh, subscribes to, uh, you know, academic databases, um, see if they subscribe to the Journal of Popular Film and Television um, and see if they have a current subscription. Um, don't go through Taylor and Francis because they will try to charge you like 40 bucks for the article. Um, if all else fails, you can try interlibrary loan and try to get the article that way. And I will will make a shout out. You you should if you're having trouble finding it, ask your librarian. They are really awesome people. Yes. Not like the librarian in this episode, even though she's halfway decent too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she likes the, she likes the performance after she did. all. Well, I work across the street from USC, so that shouldn't be too hard to get to get into the library. Oh, USC should definitely have a current subscription to this journal then. I was going to say, most major universities probably will. Yeah. Well, USC has that a huge film school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm um, getting <laughs> back to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I kind of love that, um, you know, they they didn't make the glist, and, no. and they're they're trying to fit in and be cool. But I, I guess I really love this group, including Brittany, mm-hmm. just being so – Earnest in their trying to be badasses. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, even though I'm not the hugest fan of Quinn, I think that her leaving them off the list, sometimes I wonder if it wasn't so much about them being non entities to her, but that she had a certain level, I guess, almost of respect for them. Mm-hmm. Like, Brittany, I mean, Santana and Quinn, Santana and Quinn have, you know, they're up and down, they're slapping each other all the time. You know, but Brittany and Quinn, you know, they seem to have a pretty decent relationship. And Brittany is one of the few characters who, from day one, didn't, you know, she she joined along with whatever Santana was doing. But she also did Single Ladies with Kurt, and she did this this with them. And Brittany's always been, you know, one of the characters that kind of, like, straddled that line. She never got slushy. Not once. And then, you know, there's an odd respect between Quinn and Kurt, I think. And we mm-hmm. know that very soon Quinn and Mercedes are going to become very good friends. And, you know, we know Quinn and Artie have their moment when she, after her accident. And mm-hmm. um, we don't really see any Quinn and Tina for quite a while. But, yeah, but there's not really season six. <laughs> yeah, either. I, I do wonder mm-hmm. if Quinn leaving them off the glist wasn't because they're so unpopular to her, but because she didn't even, you know, she, mm-hmm. everyone else that was on the glist was on there for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. one of the things that I looked at, because I, um, as I was saying, I froze the, the glyph about the time that Figgins had it. And then I got the numbers for Matt and Rachel at the very end. Um, and, of course, poor Matt just gets, like, five points 
you know, oh. not Rutherford. He always gets left behind. But looking at the names, there were a few things. Number one, most, if not all of these people are in Quinn's social circle. So mm. Santana, Brittany are both Cheerios, you know, Puck, Finn, Mike, and Matt were all on the football team. Um, Jesse, I'm just going to say that Quinn probably looked at Jesse and went, yep, he's probably been around the block a few times. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and Jesse was a hottie of vocal adrenaline. So she now probably think of it, in. What was Jesse's, where was he on the list? Because I wonder if that's another way to stick it to her. He was fifth. He was, okay. uh, he had a plus 29 to Brittany's plus 35. Oh, wow. So, and so the fact that Rachel had a negative was mm-hmm. that Quinn, and this is the moment I looked at this entire list and went, okay, it is obvious that Quinn did this because Quinn put herself at the top because mm-hmm. a bad reputation is better than none at all. She put Rachel at the very bottom. She even blamed Rachel on it. She's like, you know, said Rachel's probably the one that, um, you know, Puck had said, Someone stuck it on Rachel's locker, and I was moving it. And I was like, hmm, who would put it on Rachel's locker? Mm-hmm. And because who hates Rachel? And this takes place after the power of Madonna. And remember when um, Rachel was considering having sex with Jesse, she was telling the girls because Quinn told her she was gross on oh, her baby. Right. Oh, so Quinn knows that Jesse was trying to get Rachel to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty safe to assume that Jesse at this point is not a virgin. Right. So... That could also have contributed to it. She knows that Jesse, you know, that that was an issue because Rachel told pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that brings up the whole, um, I would like, it, and keep in mind, looking at the font, and it's all on one page, it could simply have been, ah, I don't have enough room to put everybody else on here and already Tina Curtin Mercedes and still have Rachel at the bottom. Right. Is my <laughs> Do what? Mike's not on there, is he? No, Mikey, Mike is. Mike's got 11. If you oh. want the rundown of points, Quinn had 45 points, Santana 43, Puck 38, Brittany 35, Jesse 29, Finn 19. I guess she's counting the hot tub. Wait, no, this was <laughs> after Santana. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it also, um, Brittany says in this little scene that she only made third on the list, but she was actually fourth. Oh, no, she says fourth. Oh, she does? Yeah. Okay. Because so she wants to make at least top three. That's really sad. I did watch that scene, like, before we started talking, too. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad with these. <laughs> but she had said, I only made four. I've got to be in the top three. Oh, Brittany in the scene. I Plus, if she had put, considering the little bit of experience that we know that Kurt and Mercedes have, if they had been on the list, they would have been below Rachel. Because Rachel's at least got Finn. You know, she made out with Finn, and she's got Jesse. So she mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to put Rachel last. It wouldn't have made any sense. Mercedes would have been like, um, excuse me, she doesn't do that. <laughs> why yeah. am I hired? You know, why am I so high on this list? Yeah. And right. Kurt just would have been shrugged and gone, baby penguin. Damn it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um, moving into the, the you can't touch the scene, mm-hmm. which one thing I want to point out that always cracks me up about this scene is when they first walk in and it's, Somebody says, looks like we have a full house, and it's just that guy sitting at a table. No, I'm like, it's just AC guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Where's the rest of the house? I don't know. I know. Oh, I love it. I love their costumes and the dancing and just trying to be disruptive and not. It just. Oh. And Artie just being locked, like, Artie just. <laughs> The way his shoulders and his neck and everything, and just rubbing himself down like, oh, oh. So, oh my god! That's so arty. Oh, I have to say, because contributing to the Artie being kind of a sleazy character, before this, when Rachel wants to do Run Joey Run, and she tries, she gets Artie. She's like, and she, he's like, she's like, uh, something. She says something about a sex tape, and he's like, stop! You pulled me, pull it. You had me at sex tape. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my god. oh, Artie. Oh, are, Artie, we really about, are we really surprised about? Are we really shaming you, Artie? <laughs> oh, I think man. that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. Mm-hmm. So this, the one in season five. Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh man, <sighs> that really is one of the best scenes in the entire series. 
Oh man, they all sold it. It was perfect. It was perfectly in character for all of them. But that is so <laughs> off topic. But I just, I, <laughs> no, I just, no, I can't no, think no. about that epi- that episode and not think about that scene. I know. It's just like you know. How did you get Gary? It's like, well, do you use condoms? No. Nope. That would be why. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, it's okay. All the it's the fun of these podcasts have been like going way, way, way off topic and then raining back in. Yeah. It's, so, it's such a, a relaxed thing. I, I don't want to be like strict. You know. I can say this now because I'm Anon turned off. But this is when I realized how bad of a dancer Chris is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh wow, ouch. But, you no, know, it's adorable he, to me. It's adorable yeah. Well, you know, it's not his strong point. And, I mean, as a, a very big Kurt fan, I, I, I oh, he's God. He's not I'm that gonna, bad. I mean, he's not no, I'm bad. Say, you know, for, I'm going to get hate mail for even bringing this up, but that the when Santana goes off on him in season six and then says that he basically has only three dance moves, he does. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> but, you kind know, of. He's, but he's got that voice and that vocal yeah. range. He's an amazing actor, and mm-hmm. then he grew three feet and became like you can't have it all. Yeah, yeah. Kids gotta have it no, all. I'm pretty sure that's why Brittany is in the scenes that because mm-hmm. you know I mean and Amber obviously is shown to be a great dancer. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and it's really endearing. I mean, just this this whole little sequence is just sweet. In a ridiculous way. Yeah, and this is the period where I just thought everything Kurt did was so just... I don't want to say adorable feels condescending, but I spent a lot of time watching Kurt and just going, aww. Oh. <laughs> and so that was like one of those moments where I was just like, oh, he's really bad at this. <laughs> I, I, you know, I will say this for Chris, though. I think there's certain types of dancing. I mean, there were certain... It depends on the song. It depends on the kind of the movement. There are some of those people that you know, I could probably see him do well in like ballroom. Oh yeah, he did I mean, really well with the with the little bit of dancing he did in La Jazz Hot. Yeah, but hip hop's not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, no. I was but I was I impressed with some Jaws and Gross moves in Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, that Gross. was surprising. Yeah, I was like, damn. Um, at, I I love at the end of this when they all do their little like tough faces at the end, mm-hmm. and cross their arms and they're like, "Yeah, we just did that. Mm-hmm. We're so dope. We're so gangster." Yeah, that was so cute. <laughs> you know, I I I'm so so happy that the librarian came out of it with a. I thought that was great and not like yelled at them or anything because. <laughs> As I was talking about earlier before we started, um, my mom's a librarian, and and first time she watched this, she was so like, they're going to do that awful stereotype of librarians being old pissants, aren't they? And I'm like, "Mm, just watch, and and she was very thankful that they didn't go that route. The thing with them dancing in the library is it's become kind of this inside joke between me and my sister, because she just, every time we watch like the jukebox or something, and there's always all these musical numbers where they're in the library. She's mm-hmm. like, if I went to McKinley, I would be so pissed. I would report them because every time I try to go to the library and study for my finals, here comes the freaking glee club, dancing my <laughs> way through there, and you can't get any work done in this library. Oh, my just, God. And I'm like, you know, no one's getting any work done anyway. McKinley's kind of a craft school. That's all. She's like, no, no. Some of the students care, and they would like to be able to study for their finals without the glee club dancing their way through there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, well, right. you know, it's also, you know, back to going off on a tangent. Um, in season five, when they did Girls and Boys on Film and they did Shout, the librarian, again, yes. was complicit because the librarian, even though she is technically shushing them, she's shushing them in rhythm. She's shushing them when they do that. <laughs> a little something now. A little something. She's doing, she's hopping, she's hopping <laughs> with Blaine and Brittany. She's like, I love it. okay, y'all got to be quiet now and go over to the cafeteria and you be louder, but, you know. I love it. I you know, mm-hmm. four years, they're now used to it, too. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, shoot, what was going to say about. Michael, um, I mean, you know, want to be starting something, but ended up in the yeah. library. He knocked a bunch of, like, I'm trying to. 
No, he didn't knock books off the shelf. That was Finn during some number. <laughs> Blaine would not be disrespectful enough episode. to knock Wasn't books off the no. shelf. Blaine would never. No. Wasn't that Madonna during Open Your Heart and he starts out in, li- yes. in the library and starts, like, knocking? You put those books back. I feel like all the machine workers going to have to shelve all those things later. Right? Uh, you know what I always think about? This is this is really, really off topic. Um, when, you know that scene where they do the confetti with Sue? And I'm like, somebody has to clean that up after every take. I know. God. Oh, my goodness. That poor person. I know. It's <laughs> like the food fight them. scene. I'm like, I hope they didn't shoot this too many times. I know. Or it's like, even when she got glitter bombed, it's like, y'all better get this in one take. Right? <laughs> Lord. Oh We've only God. talked about one scene. All right, oh, we we talked about two. Oh, yeah. We started with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not really very many Kurt scenes in this, so no. it doesn't yeah. just but go off. If we're well, going to okay, talk about there's... a Kurt scene, can we mm-hmm. talk about the the entire interrogation scene? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's like yelled at. I'm. I'm, Yeah. I was just gonna say, let's talk about the entire interrogation scene because one thing that I really love about this episode, it's kind of got this mystery feel to it, Mm -hmm. and I love this entire sequence of him interrogating all the kids. I I know that this is probably a faux pas. We still haven't quite found the balance between, you know, what the actor did and the character. But to this day, Puck saying, when it comes to badasses, I'm number one. I I love it. <laughs> it is. It's one of my favorites. The way that he just bobs his head and <sighs> Yeah, he's just like, No. <laughs> like I was trying I, to be a good person. <laughs> I still love um Artie's I could have mathematically done it. It's too high. <laughs> yeah. And even and Mercedes just being like, You've been watching too much. What did she say, C S I or something like that? Yeah, no, that's one was just uh, that was Kurt. Mercedes oh, was just right. like, Why does everyone think I'm angry all the time? That's right. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I got that mixed up. Yes. It's called being, what'd you say? It's called being sassy. You said it's called being sassy. The thing is, then I think about, oh, God. um, On community? community. Yeah, when she's like, like, the word word he's looking for is sassy. He better not find it. so, So great. Oh, my gosh. But no, Kurt is when he says that, you know, you've, you've been staying up late watching a lot of reruns of Law and Order, haven't you? Yeah. And that's before they kind of, it's almost the basic instinct reference. Mm-hmm. Like the way Kurt's sitting there with his leg crossed and looking like, like <laughs> different. I was like, what are they doing? He's not going to uncross his legs. He's about to uncross his legs and we're about to get a surprise. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My take is a little bit like, all of these other people, well, I guess Mercedes really isn't involved, but most of these other people being interrogated could have possibly, you know, been involved. And Kurt is like the last person. And, uh, you know, at this point, it just looks like Kurt's about as done as well as he's like, really, you're seriously interrogating me for this. I'm trying to be a badass, and obviously it's not working. <laughs> oh, gosh. One of the things that I can't help but think, though, when I see that scene is someone had done a beautiful, it gets angsty, someone had done a beautiful angsty reaction comic to that. I can't remember who it was. It was this really beautiful kind of anime thing, and where he's just like, let me guess, you've been staying up late watching a lot of reruns of Law & Order. And then it's this little, like, how would you know? And then there's this little flashback to, like, young Kurt. And, like, Bert's watching Law and Order reruns. And I think it's it's implied that it was after his mom had passed away. And, oh, my gosh. What? Ah, oh, this phantom can take anything and make it sad. Oh. <laughs> <That's Yeah. nice. laughs> I, well, going on a, a, I don't know if this is a happier note, but, um, I just always love the moment when he kind of dismisses Will at the end. He's like, no, I didn't write it. No, I didn't do it. Yeah, he's not even looking at him. He's like, no, he just waves his hand. I, you know, after doing all of these rewatches of season one, all of these episodes, and I have still yet to come up a a, a scene where Kurt is really genuinely either impressed or, you know, something with Will. There's no positive. He never has a positive Ever. Up to this point, I will I will definitely mark it when I see it. But up until this point, he's totally been just like, oh, God, why are you? When you find me? it, let me know because I get the same for Mercedes. That's why it's always hard for me when, like, in the later seasons, when they're all like, Mister Future, and I'm like, no, but he, yeah. no. <laughs> are you I'm watching like, the same show I'm watching, Kurt? No, you don't like, like him. Kind of, that's why I almost kind of love that by the time of season 
six, as, as awful as Sue was, Sue was probably better to Kurt than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love that the new New Directions scene, they just really did not give, they could not care very much for Will. Their teacher was Finn. They Mm -hmm. saw through Will's crap. They were not bothered by him. They were not, you know, he was not a teacher for them. And it's interesting because before we were talking about how Will wasn't even at his worst in this episode. I mean, yeah. No, I actually felt bad for him in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like poor God. When, um, Let's make a record of this. It's probably the last time. Yeah, I felt bad for him. I mean, he could have, you know, he could have turned Quinn in, and he didn't. But he also, you know, it's when he realized, you know, why that Quinn had done it. When I was just like, well, duh, Will, if you paid any attention to your students, you could have seen moments looked at the list that Quinn did it. See, and but. Will doing things like that, it brings me back to that I, that um, meta I've been sitting on for years that I was talking about before we went on about mm-hmm. why Will does things like that and this whole mm-hmm. thing where, you know, sometimes Will can be very generous, but it, sometimes I do wonder if it's more for him and his own ego than it is for the person he's helping. Well, in this case, I think this I is don't... one of the last few times it really feels genuine from him. Well, I'm about to bust that bubble. So because I just came up with this, like because as I said before, you know, looking at the actual list itself, looking who was at the top, who was at the bottom, who had the least to gain, who had the most to gain, and I was like, well, duh, it's Quinn, obviously. Will does not see it until he sees himself in her. He says, "You want to know uh-huh. when I there realized you it? Thank you. It's there when." You I felt as bad as you must have felt. Yeah. And he's feeling like, you know, he's feeling bad, but does he really take into account what Emma's really trying to say here? I don't know. It was like he had to internalize it. He had to make it. It's like, hate to bring politics into it, but hey, it's a political year. It's like when you see those politicians that vote against gay rights until they have a son that's gay or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's until you know, it happens to them. Until yeah, until it happens to them. It happens to them too. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, Lord. Yeah, but um, and and thinking. Will looking back at who Will was in high school and his jealousy of Brian Ryan, Will would have been happy to have been on a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah probably. Oh, absolutely. And one of the la- you would have acted like Rachel did. Negative oh, five. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, he's Rachel. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Yeah, we will talk about Run Joey Run in a moment because that we gotta save the best for last on that one. Um, um, yeah, before we get there, let's. There's a couple of uh, the these little scenes I want to knock out. Um, there's the uh, medicine is Muppet Babies scene, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, where Kurt's like, you know, we we just aren't you know getting anywhere with this, and he, which one of the, oh no, already suggests that they we they turn the tape in. Yeah, and I love. I kind of. I, I really promise I'm not making fun of Chris here. Um, when when Kurt is like, and then we'll really be badasses, but he has that little lisp. So yeah. Completely yeah. Just it's another himself. one of those moments where I'm like, oh. That was me in season one when it came to Kurt. I was mostly like, oh. <laughs> no. And then when he finally does it, and of course it's after the, you know, we've resolved the whole Sue and Olivia Newton-John, and side note, wow, Olivia Newton-John really came off as a huge biatch, didn't she? Yeah. I kind of like that she, because I think that her actual reputation in real life is a lot kinder than that, mm -hmm. and I love when celebrities make fun of themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really, I'm a Robin fan. I don't like his music, but he really played the ass on Glee, and I love it. Oh, yeah. But what I have in my notes is, Kurt is so brave and yet terrified. I know. I love look on his face. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Just big, wide-eyed, like I am ready to take whatever is coming to me, and I'm just like, just, just. Kurt has always been the brave one. He has always been braver than anybody. Griffin. I love Mercedes. I think it is Mercedes or Tina that says, "You know, you're so brave," and he's just like, "Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're so brave for doing this." (laughs) And then, you know, here's my thing. He goes and he tells Sue. 
And Sue, of course, it's after the, you know, whole thing, and it's for the better. And she's like, thank you. And I have to say, you know, Madonna's just happened, um, and... Like, there are these little moments, I'm sure it's not planned at all, but there are these little Kurt Sue moments that kind of sow the seeds into her being nice to him mm-hmm. before all of the bullying stuff happens. Yeah, yeah and it's like, there's it's... a scene coming up, right? Um, or maybe it was in a previous episode where they talk at his, lo- oh no, I think that's, that's, in, that's next episode. Okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. where they have to talk at his yeah. yeah, I get, yeah. I, because the order was so screwed with after this, I mm-hmm. kind of get some of the episodes kind of mixed up because the order that they aired is not the order that the story yeah. goes. So I get mm-hmm. really confused uh, with everything after Bad Reputation. Like, what mm-hmm. episode did this happen <laughs> in? Yeah. Okay, but I'm but I like it. I know I like that it's another little like canon nod to the strange Sue Kurt relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and and I look at you know one of the things that you know there were a couple of things where you know Kurt were sorry was Sue you know, was visiting Jean and, you know, you know, commiserating with her. And it's one of those things where I just, I just don't, you know, Sue just felt so awful about Jean being bullied and when they were kids. And I sit there going, Sue, how could you have turned out to be such a bully yourself seeing what your sister had gone through? But then I think she looks at Kurt and sees something Something different, something stronger, something worth protecting. I, I don't know. And I think part of it, honestly, is kind of the way Chris and Jane play off each other, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and didn't, I mean, this is going off topic, too, but it wasn't, and probably not even relevant, but didn't Chris say in an interview that if he, like, way back in season one, um, that he wasn't most like Kurt, but he was more like Rachel Berry and Sue Sylvester? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I see that come through Kurt just a little tiny bit. I think bit. so. Yeah. Just a little. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's not really a whole lot of um, Kurt left in the episode. Um, and then we can, I just want to finish this up, then we can go on talking about the rest of the episode. But um, mm-hmm. there's just the little scene where they, like, they're like, okay, we didn't get in trouble. What happened? So they look mm-hmm. up the, the video, which leads into the mm-hmm. physical video. Mm-hmm. And then there's this. The moment towards the end, um, before they do run, Joey run, um, where it's the first time Kurt's looking out the window. Oh, is that and the first I time? I that. Yeah. I, and the only reason why I have it, because um, I have it in a still, and I'm looking oh. at my new like, Yeah, that's the first time. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So quick. Goodness. Yeah. Here's I, the, yeah. I have a thought about physical, the, the second one. Sure. And I'm wondering I'm, 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 if this is just a common practice they did in season one, or if my ears are going cuckoo. But was that Diana singing in the background? It sounds like I don't know. Hi. And I noticed in a couple of season ones, and and not even just season one, because when um, when Beast sings Jolene in season three, it sounds like the person in the background doing the Jolene sounds like Kevin. Hmm. I'm wondering if maybe they, you know, sometimes throw them back for some later, especially on people who aren't strong singers. Huh. Hmm. I'll have to keep an, an ear open for that. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Though so there's sometimes I can't even tell. Like I'll be listening to a track and I'm like, is that Blaine or Sam? How come? How is it that I don't know the difference? <laughs> when all the guys sing together, um, as far, like Man in the Mirror, mm-hmm. there are points where I can't tell Finn, Puck, or Sam, and then later on Ryder and Sam. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely people who have distinct voices, and then there's others that kind of just blend. Blend, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we can go ahead and talk about because I think that kind of wraps up the Kurt stuff in this episode. Yeah. Um, so, um, is we it can Molly go Shannon in this episode? Yeah. Is- oh, my God. I had that down. I wish we had more Brenda Castle. How did how we not? How did we get Molly taco. Shannon? <laughs> I know she's work? in two episodes. She's in two episodes. I don't remember the other one, but I, so every time I see her, I kind of forget that she did a cameo. I'm like, she is such a, a, re- a relatively big name, or do people not know her from SNL? I don't know. But, like, I, I'm like, how, they got her to do this, and yet she's relatively, you kind of just blink and miss it in a little bit. Yeah. So. Is she one of the first big stunt castings? This is before Neil Patrick Harris. I think so. It well, was, I mean, yeah, they're I not the first. A big deal. Sure. I remember um, hearing it's just like, Molly Shannon's got a guest on Glee, and I was like, oh, okay. Because, well, I mean, Kristen Chenoweth, obviously, and Josh Groban, but I don't 
think anybody else bigger named came in until until the yeah I honestly I'm not gonna lie I didn't really know who I didn't know who Kristen Chenoweth was before Glee like I'd heard the name and I knew of Wicked but you know I'm all the way over here did you ever (laughs) no I was the same because the thing is and, and this is why you know kind of you know home was my first episode and was always, you know, I had had this, I had been a huge musical theater fan, but I had like fallen off it after over 20 years. And so I was the same. I heard the name Tristan Chenoweth. I knew she'd been on, I knew that she was mainly known for Broadway, but I knew her from like the West Wing and Pushing Daisies. I was just going to say, I I actually didn't know her from Broadway at all um, because I'm really bad about Broadway. Um, But um, I did know her from Pushing Daisies. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the girl from Pushing Daisies. Yeah, like I knew more like old Broadway stuff that my mom had, like, you know, the vinyl, you know, records Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, you know, the only ones I knew past that were like Rent and I knew Wicked. But I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about either of them. Like I knew Adina. But I didn't know Kristen Chenoweth at all, and I didn't watch The West Wing or Pushing Daisies. So when when she came on, I was like, "Oh, well, she's amazing." <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. I, had I didn't no even know Adina. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Adina. Yeah, and I didn't, okay, I knew Adina from Enchanted. I was like, "Oh, I knew Adina I, because I think the movie version of Rent came out around the same time." Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I knew a lot them. about Rent because I went to a performing arts high school in the '90s. So rent was kind of like a big thing, you know, for a lot of the kids at my school. But yeah, I had no idea. I only knew Adina from Enchanted. I knew her from a oh, Disney movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. So, so for okay, me, so like let's... the first big stunt casting was Molly Shannon because that was someone I'm like, well, everyone you know would know her from SNL and Mary Catherine Gallagher because she has some really famous characters Super from star. there. And then, yeah, and then of course Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about um, some of this ending stuff with the run. You guys want to talk about Run, Joey, Run? Of course. <laughs> how did she get Sandy? Okay, how was she able to have Artie directing and Santana and Brittany in the background? And because oh, you know sure they had played... to done that on the same scene. I, you know, I give Santana credit. I think Santana is, is smarter than she lets on sometimes. I'm sure that she knew this whole thing was going to be ridiculous on Rachel's part. I was I about think to say the exact same thing. Santana mm-hmm. was in it for the shade. <laughs> <laughs> like, she knew this was a hot mess, and she wanted, yeah, Santana was in it 100% for the shade of it all. Now, do you think she, she that Rachel got all three boys to play... Um, every part, all of the parts. I mean, the whole thing. Because I mean, it's possible. I mean, she would have had to have gotten Jesse and Finn all to come to her bedroom. Also, Jesse wouldn't have been a problem. Finn probably would have been. See, and wouldn't they have? Well, I guess they aren't the brightest three bulbs in the box. But yeah. I'm like, wouldn't they guess something was up then? I mean, <laughs> like, why don't you want me to record the other half of the section? Oh, um, you don't need. We don't need that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I figured you probably had them all. They all thought they were the only guy in the video, which means she shot the video. Her and Artie did the video three times. Yeah, and also asking Sandy to come back and do you know Angry Dad again and again. Didn't we already mm-hmm. do this last night? <laughs> well, no, I'm sure yeah. he loved that. So <laughs> I'm sure Sandy just loved being a cut up, and I'm sure yeah. Brittany. This was probably one of the beginnings of Brittany getting that inspiration for her heavenly wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brittany probably That's thought she was an angel. <laughs> what what kills me is that Artie, being the, you know, film person that he is, and Rachel being Rachel, that they could not find a more convincing substance than ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably in a hurry. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think was like, that is like Heinz ketchup. They just squirted it on, on their shirt. I'm you know what? My favorite... Well, I think mind, my favorite for Artie do black and white. He probably forgot that this was ketchup. Probably would have made more convincing blood if they had shot in black and white. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but in color, it's this. just ketchup. Yeah. Um, I love Artie trying to do all because you know it was Artie's idea, and Rachel just went with it. All of the like squares in it, and all the weird like amatory director. That, the bad PowerPoint Photoshop. The, the bad. <laughs> When she's in the hallway singing with her crazy eyes and people just keep passing. <laughs> like, oh why did they do this? Wild classes were changing over. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I'm surprised nobody jumped in, you know? Like, or she probably yelled at them if they did. Uh, oh, my probably. God. Uh, oh, she probably just... would have. But already probably directors of, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah, they <laughs> slammed into a locker. Just keep going. Focus. Top ten, one of the funniest things. Like, it's so quick, but it's hilarious. It is so funny. I thought you were, oh, I thought you were going to tell me what it was, and I was like, oh, you're talking about the locker hallway. Oh, yes. okay. That Sorry, I thought the same thing. Just Sorry. cut the pop. That, that bit at the locker gets me every single time. Oh, oh my. This whole video, every time I stumble on it, you know, in a rewatch, it just cracks me up, so. Oh, my gosh. And it's then... one of the few Glee performances that if it's on my dash, I will stop what I'm doing and watch it. The other ones, I'll like it and go back to it later, but that one is like, oh, my God, it's Run, Joy, Run. I have to watch it right now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little moment. I can't remember if it was before or after, but, you know, Kurt, like, at first I was going back. It's like, where's Kurt in this scene? I was like, okay, he's in the back row, as usual. And there were a couple of times where they have a full scene, and he just looks like he's about to crack up. Like, this is so <laughs> Well, are they really watching the video? Like, is it really playing for them, or do you think they're just, like... I have to wonder that. If they're actually showing the film. Yeah, if they're actually showing it. I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. not they're probably not. That's probably just good acting. Logistically, I want to say probably not. Yeah, but, I didn't uh, think so. Either. I don't think so. But, yeah. man, I mean, if I knew that was coming just thinking about it, I would have been about to crack up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, let's talk about how all the guys reacted. Finn was oh, still sure. livid. They all were. Yeah. All very- well, Finn was just like, you want to just make it look like a bunch of guys were all hitting on you so you could, you know, like, I can't like remember the word. Like a slutty girl singer those, like that? A yeah, like a slutty singer. girl singer. Yeah, and that was one of those cringy, like, uh, yeah, Finn, you didn't say that. But, uh, I mean, but it then it was awesome. Yeah, it wasn't, you know. And then, of course, <laughs> Buck's just like, I knew that was going to suck. <laughs> Sure you did. <laughs> like, I knew this was in order. Like, I knew that was not going to be good when we did it. And Jesse was just... Jesse's actually heartbroken. He is. This was like, I said, this is like, you know, the beginning, Jesse was like, he was in with new directions. He's like, y'all got to quit being badasses, be more badasses. And dancing with Ice Ice Baby. And then by the end, it's like, you start seeing the slip like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have gone back. Maybe I wouldn't have gone back to vocal adrenaline. Maybe I would have stuck it out. But boy, you just, you screwed it up. Yeah. Poor Rachel. Yeah. So, all right. So kind of wrapping up, did you guys have any other things that you want to, in your notes or wanted to touch upon? Uh, I can't remember if I said it like during a, before we started recording but there were a couple of things that I had uh, had written down one of them was the um when Will tells Emma I want you to look at me the way you used to right. and all I could think of was Blaine yeah uh, oh. and, uh, that's Don't all I could think Will and Blaine I, well I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I can't I have to say I love the way she Mm-hmm. but 
there you can definitely see similarities there. Yeah. And let's see, I had, um, once again, I'm looking at, you know, notes that I had. Um, oh, um, was the actor that plays Azimia, was he in some commercial where he's doing the Cabbage Patch of some sort? Cause I okay, think there's so. There's one thing where Azimia does just the animal and does the Cabbage Patch. <laughs> I was like, he has been in some commercial. <laughs> I, think he, I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it was a commercial for. God, I want to say it was like a KFC commercial, maybe. That's really funny. I don't know. I don't know the actor. I oh, really yeah. came to enjoy that character. I kind of missed him when he was gone. Really? I thought he was worse. Than, you know, looking at it, I'm like, this guy is worse than Karofsky, but that was just me. You know what and softened it's... me on him was um, <laughs> the Super Bowl. I can never remember the name of it. The Sue Sylvester Shuffle. Shuffle. Yeah, so he just made me laugh. And I was like, mm-hmm. he's not as brutal you know, he's just kind of doing that stereotypical high school thing. Doesn't make it right, but he yeah. wasn't as funny to me as Karofsky, who, you know, I eventually grew to like, oddly enough. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I will tell you, we might talk about this when we get to the season six uh, podcast several years from now. But, you know, looking <laughs> at Karofsky now and knowing Max Adler, because, I mean, I think I've told this story, like, on I've told it like online, but when I heard about Blaine and Karofsky, I was like, okay, I need to prepare myself for this. And this is how I ended up getting to the show switched at birth. Damn it. <laughs> because Max Adler played the Bay's love interest on that show. And so it's just like, okay, I want to see Max Adler Karofsky playing a good guy. And mm-hmm. so that kind of softened me to, okay, I, I can see this. And also seeing that, that Karofsky was actually kind of ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Kar- yeah. Out Karofsky is a dork. <laughs> yes, he yeah. is. Oh, my goodness. It was actually, you know, I liked seeing playing with someone kind of dorky like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it took me a while to wrap my head around it, and then it aired, and I was like, wait, but I kind of like it? What? 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 Who am I? I? I don't recognize myself. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But, so yeah. um, we should oh. probably end up a little bit better note than this. <laughs> oh, yeah, we probably should. I, I, it's like, you know, how about Emma screaming, nobody's safe, you know, nobody's safe. How hilarious, so though. How hilarious, though, to end a Bad Reputation um, podcast on, on Blainowski, you know. Oh, God. Bad Reputation, get it? Talk I'm about okay. a Bad Reputation, uh, yeah, going <laughs> in. I'm sorry, I'm done for the night. Oh, <laughs> boy. And we're done. Anyway. <laughs> And, oh, top 700 recording artists. How about that, people? (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. I really like Total Eclipse of the Heart. I will say that. I've always loved that song. Me too. And you know what? A lot of people don't know. I'm sure a lot of the younger people have not checked out the video for that, and they should. That's a creepy video. Oh, my God. That video, that, that makes video Run Joey weird. Run look like a freaking masterpiece. Right? <laughs> and there was, when I was in, like, eighth grade, sort of, thing, I'm thinking 94, there was, like, a techno disco-y. Yeah, it had to be, like, 93, 94, yes, because it was when the um, disco thing was popular when Will was in Glee Club. There was, like, a disco-y version of Total Eclipse from the Heart, yeah. from the heart that my that I loved, and my mother... I remember that it. one. Didn't, I did, too, because yeah. I remember I would tape things off the radio. I would, like, yeah. record on the yep. recorder. Mm-hmm. That was the one. Rick Dees played yeah. it all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the lead singer... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the band. Of the singer that did the, the song originally. Um, well, was the same it, one who did Holding Out for a Hero, right? Yeah, it's the same... Artist. God, I want to say Belinda Carlisle. I know that's not it. God, I no, cannot remember. Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. And yeah, versus it's like the the video. It's like it takes place. I want to call it like '80s new wave Hogwarts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is the perfect perfect way to say it. Oh, it is so strange. And the eyes are lighting up. And oh yeah, yeah. it's like freaky glow eyes. Turn around, bright eyes. I'm like, wow. I didn't think you meant it literally. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think, oh, isn't there so fencing cute. too? That like boys are in a, they're fencing and oh god, I think there's fencing. I think there's like a boy choir. Yeah, there's like an all boy choir, and yeah, it's so creepy. Oh my god, mm. 
Yeah, that 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 video was definitely that was woo. That yeah, they didn't go for creepy with with it. They went for sad. Yeah, they did, and they it did. worked. I think it really I did. Liked it, but with all the ballet if, and if yeah. this podcast were on video, we'd have to end with Rachel's wink. We should. <laughs> yeah, with that like crazy look on her face and then the smile. Yeah. Yep. Thing. Mm-hmm. So, so. Well, I guess that one that that wraps it up on that note. So, thank you guys so much for doing this podcast. It was really awesome to talk about not so bad things. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and dealing with my rambling. Oh, anytime. <laughs> thanks for having me back. Not a problem. Anytime. No. Sometimes I think what I need 